1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable, where we, three doctors of physical therapy, discuss the art and the science to the stuff that we're putting on our feet. Today, we are really glad to have Len Hand joining us. He's the founder of uh, Hand Shoes, and um, there's some really exciting things. If you have not heard about his story, you can check out their story. Stuff on Kickstarter, as well as there, he's been able to do a myriad of interviews. One of them was with Sam Weinbaum of Road Trail Run. They talk about the origin stories of this and kind of where the idea was inspired. Um, we're not going to dive into that stuff today. What we get to do with Len is really dive into what was the mechanical inspiration, kind of the engineering behind it, some of the biomechanics, and then the research that he's able to do. So Len, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Hey guys, uh, Nathan, thank you so much for having me on. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's start a little bit.
1: Len, if you just want to give us a, a quick overlay of the inspiration for the shoe in terms of its mechanics. Um, David's got the shoe held up for, for those who are watching on YouTube. So give us a little bit of kind of the the mechanical inspiration for this and, and that kind of thing. One.
0: I have the other one. Okay. So oh, perfect. The, the, so the mechanical inspiration okay that that word is is in essence what this is all about um if you if you look at foam okay you know like like any shoe foam the problem with with foam and and this came out of my discussions with benno once we got there once he started grilling me about you know why are you doing this len you know um (laughs) the problem with foam is that it's soft and soft and then it's hard you know it bottoms out and the clever thing about you know like the the minimalist shoes is that there's very little bottoming out to do they're already they're already flat and the clever thing about the maximalist shoes is that they're keeping you in the soft soft range you know and it's that middle ground where you actually do get a bottoming out effect that makes a, a a foam shoe really so detrimental. I, I taught marathoners how to run for 17 years with Chicago area runners as a pace group leader. And the thing that we had to struggle with the most was finding shoes that worked for people, you know, when they started at six miles and then ramped all the way up to 20 over the course of a summer. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So tell us, um, a little bit about, I mean, you, you referenced, uh, Benno. So for those who don't know, Benno is probably, if he ran in a running shoe, he's had a, probably had a, uh, an influence on the shoe that's been developed. He, um, is phenomenal in what he does and has been really influential, um, in that Matt obviously is probably the most acquainted with him, um, of the three of us and, uh, only by the amount of all, the fact Sorry. that I've
2: pretty much read every single study he's ever done. We're trying to get contact with him. Which, um, so he's basically just the OG or the father a lot of, of footwear uh, research and biomechanics. And even today still is writing and contributing. He's got a great group up at I believe it's the University of Calgary that they just they put some awesome work out. And they and now his proteges are working with companies all over the world. So even ASICs has one of his proteges. And he's still working with people and doing research. I forget how old he is. He's he's up there, but he's still cranking stuff out. So he's definitely one of those, the fathers of this.
0: He he yeah. he, he babysat Yoda when Yoda was in short pants. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> It'll grow you. <laughs> so Len, tell
1: us about what your experience was like there in his in his lab. What kind of tests were you able
0: to do with your with your footwear? Okay, so so after and and and. I don't know if I ever showed you this, but okay, so I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit. When we got into suspension, and I started by researching, I started just by writing off for for papers. And I saw a paper, the the famous paper from Benno on muscle tuning. And I sent him a a stamped envelope saying, hey, can you send me that muscle tuning paper? And included a note, you know, well, if you want this one, you're going to want these five others. And, (laughs) And I started a library of, of research papers and then went from that into studying materials, went from that into studying um, more first principles. There's a lot of first principles and why this is what it is. And then once we got into um, composites, okay, into, into actual suspension designs, um, that's when I was able to run my first full marathon in the hand-built two, you know, the, with with you know the the, the 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 early the early vestigial hinge you know um but the the full suspension and actually, wow. if I told you this see the see the blue of the hinge right yeah. that, blue? that same blue is in my thumb when I ran my thumb through the table saw three days before the marathon as I was doing oh this thing seriously yeah and so, oh, so that's and so I, got, I went and got it, you know, cleaned out and they stitched it up and there was a big bandage on it. Three days later, I ran the Chicago Marathon with this shoe and cut, okay, here's, here's, the, here's the, the, the secret sauce, okay, and cut 15 minutes off my previous nine marathon PR of, of 438, a mid-pack, slow kind of guy, but 438 in nine marathons, cut 15 minutes off 6% down to 423, that's awesome! What that
2: a pun that you cut your almost cut your finger off and then also cut time <laughs> off your marathon time.
0: Oh, Just yeah. Well, no, I mean that's it's like right. yeah. you know I, it's 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 the one tattoo I have. My, yes. my cable saw yes. tattoo. This shoe really <laughs> is blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, okay, no that's, that's awesome. So, yeah, and so when we got there to see Benno, okay, um, you know we went from this shoe to. Um, the biomechanical test shoe, okay? And I was calling the company EMA for Energy Management Athletics at the time. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. oldest daughter is Emma. Oh, so, there you go. Oh, that's cool. I know, right? Um, anyway, so we we ran these shoes in Benno's lab and when we got there, you know, all the guys, you know, the 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 Santa's elves, you know, that Benno <laughs> has, um, They're like, what are we doing? I'm like, oh, we're going to run, you know, a a comparative oxygen, you know, systemic oxygen study. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, if we have to. And I'm like, what? What's the matter? And they're like, well, you think you're going to see a difference, right? And I go, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to see a difference. They're like, you're not going to see a difference, you know, 0.1, 0.2 percent. You know, it's hard to move that needle. And I'm like, well, how do you reduce systemic oxygen consumption? And they, they said, oh, that's easy get off the treadmill and sit down <laughs> that'll do it you know and I'm like well no let's try the shoe and we did try the shoe and they actually had to recheck the numbers because we cut 2.2 percent very nice systemic oxygen yeah. consumption in steady state running with a whole group of runners same day same treadmills you know two different kinds of shoes
1: what were are we, and if if we ask questions that we that you can't answer like we or like you're you know, it's releasing information about your study. So like if, if there's stuff we ask that you're like, eh, let's oh, not talk on. about that. That's fine. Go um, how many runners did you have in that, in that study and, um, kind of where'd they come from? And then what were your comparative shoes? Like what was the other shoe that you used to compare?
0: Okay. So the, the, I think we had, I think we had 10 runners and they were all university of Calgary athletes and students and, and, uh, human performance lab, you know, volunteers, whatever they had. I mean, there were yeah. there were fast there were fast people running seven minutes on the treadmill, and there were people running, you know, eleven. So they would pick their their steady
1: state pace. Like, oh, hey, yeah. I run at I usually run at whatever for this yeah, kind well, of a run. All they, this-
0: was, all they had to be was regular runners that you know had some experience and were were able to hold a steady pace. Okay.
2: That's yeah. fairly standard, by the way. Is it having having runners self-select uh, their own running pace, yep. to get their natural mechanics? Yeah. So that's very. That's that's fairly normative.
0: And then that's the great. comparison shoe was a, um, it was a, a high-end New Balance shoe at the time. Okay. You know, I forget which model it was, but you know, a a marathon, a lightweight marathon trainer. Yeah. Kind of is,
2: so not something cool. like a 1080 now, probably a little lighter, or one of their like premium cushion models. I don't know if you remember.
0: E... What's the What's the urethane one? The 993? It, uh, wasn't, it wasn't that. It wasn't, wasn't
2: that. Yeah, it wasn't the 990, which is now 95. No, it
0: was. I think it, I th- Okay, so this one from that era is a 763. I think oh, okay, it was like whatever the current version of that was.
1: Okay, got it.
0: Okay. And the, the, way, the reason they picked that was it was a shoe. They, had, they, had like, they did a little survey of all the test group runners, and it was a shoe they could all agree that they liked. That's
1: interesting. Okay, cool. <laughs> was that, those, that, that was going to be one of my questions, if your comparison was what they were already running in versus a different shoe compared to the hand shoe, or if it was one that they all wore together and it just kept a yeah, consistent. They, they, they
0: all wore the same control shoe, and then they okay. all wore our shoe. This, this okay, is really hard cool. for to be listening. This is the really hard
2: part about doing footwear research is trying to find shoes that will work for all of your test subjects, which also can get really expensive if people have fancy tastes and finding, and then being able to control weight and stiffness and all it is not easy for research is really hard to do so kudos to you Len, if you're able to standardize that because that is not that's not super common they, they, a lot of, they, they, actually,
0: yeah. they actually went through several different shoes trying everybody on until oh. they arrived at a shoe that they liked i'm not wow. surprised that's yeah cool. this,
2: this is ben on so of course he knows this of course he has this down to his pants did, <laughs> yeah.
1: did you have to modify that that New Balance shoe at all, or the did it just stick weight? as it
0: was? And... It was it was the shoe the way it came out of the box. Cool,
1: that's great. Okay. They all got keep them. That's, the that's so. awesome. <laughs>
0: Where you <laughs> always li-
3: variables I... such as? <laughs> <laughs> were you looking at variables such as like weight and drop ratio and comparisons between the shoes from a static measurement
0: versus dynamic? Um, I believe we did. Okay, so some of this. I believe, we, I believe we if the weight was different by a certain percentage, then we did then we did some weight normalization. Okay. Just
2: yeah. not a comment. Well, you can put like We are
0: trying, trying, yeah. trying to keep it as apples as, to apples as possible, but right. I, I know we, we didn't have to add, you know, hardly any weight but to a few pairs of shoes. That's lucky. Yeah. And we put yeah, it right great. under the sock liner.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, nice. good oh, so it's kind Contra- of distribution so, of it. Mass centralize it. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Cool. What was it? What this is more of a personal question. What was it like working with, with Benno in a in a process like that? You kind of referenced some of it where you know he's like, well, you're gonna need all of these studies too before well, so,
0: you know So 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 I I am an engineer, an electronics engineer, and I've been doing I did telecommunications most of my career. And so, you know, I'm used to large, expensive, complex lab situations, but a physiology lab, you know, is was a whole different animal, you know. Um, and so it was really fun. It was really pretty cool because um, they really did have well thought out methodology. They had right. really detailed methodology. They had uh, a plan for, for everything. And... You know when everyone got going on the on the the treadmills and we're walking along reading the numbers, you know, um, and then you know there were there were there were whiteboards where we had written down the you know the, the mean, I think it was the mean numbers for each runner, and then as the numbers were coming in, we're posting the numbers. There was some real disbelief. It's like, well, mm-hmm. this is a 0.1 or 0.2 percent off. This is 2.2 percent lower right and, and that was with a far earlier version of the shoe than we have now so i would love to do this again yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah that I, think, um, I think we might um, be pushing three now you know right right
1: uh i had another question that just is totally escaping me um had well, to do with you go for for those this is more of a, but, a comment for those who i think are
2: not, not a,
0: how the shoe works
2: we, we, I mean, should, we should definitely go through that. Uh, my comment is, well, before that, and while Nathan's thinking is that for those who aren't as uh, well-versed in some of the literature on this, the concept of muscle tuning is that when you land the impact force causes a certain a certain vibration through the musculoskeletal system. And what you have to realize is that certain frequencies will actually line up better with certain people and certain off frequencies there's, there's, it's suspect to be a risk for injury specifically, specifically in the tendons actually. And there's some more evidence coming out in the, in the actual muscles themselves in terms of how the fibers vibrate and all that kind of stuff. This is not something that this, this has been known, but not really addressed until recently. So Len with, with the ellipses and the suspension is a, is a great way of doing this. There's been some other companies who have been trying different foams to try to attenuate this. So um, Solomon is one of them. Uh, I know Simon Bartold worked with them for a long time on this concept with uh, muscle tuning, but it's still something that's being developed and researched. And again, it's the concept that, yeah, believe it or not, there's a frequency of impact that's unique to each person. And you want to try to match that frequency of the shoe with your muscles. And that's not exactly an easy, you can't just look that up. It's not exactly the most easy right. thing to
3: figure out. So that's what makes There's it a challenging. Stuff too yeah. with compression as well. Like all kind of looking at muscular vibration and it's attenuation over like a certain duration of time and how that affects, you know,
0: quantitative well, things. The way Benno explained it, he was saying that, you know, you have to be able to deliver a, a, an energy return of a sufficient magnitude to make a difference at the right location and at the right timing. You know, and he said that's he said that's like getting, you know, three cherries on the slot machine lining up, then you get the jackpot. Right. Yeah. And and we hit the jackpot.
1: Right. And for and for other people who have brains like mine that when you talk about like attenuation and all this stuff that just that one way that I conceptualize it is if like I was pushing my son on on, a, on like the swing, he's one and a half right now, like I'm one of those baby swings. And if I push him at the right time, he's going to start swinging higher. So that would mean that I'm not attenuating the force. I'm actually exacerbating it or making it stronger, um, which in swinging obviously is what you want to do. Attenuating the force would mean that my force coming back at the swing would be at the s- same time that would help him to stop so that there wouldn't be excess Swinging happening. The ideal scenario is that you wouldn't have all of these vibrations happening, and so you want to attenuate force by hitting. You know, you don't want to make the swing go higher and higher and higher every time. You want to hit it at the point that uh, keeps things from going uh, further. So that's one way to maybe think about it. Or if you've had your, if you've been uh, putting laundry in your washing machine and it all like lumps on one side and then the whole thing starts going crazy um that's not what you want you want it to be distributed in a way that it decreases all of that uh vibration so attenuating it uh in the muscles now is obviously different but that's kind of the concept that we're talking about we got a cat visitor over by Matt over there.
3: For a half second, I <laughs> thought that was your finger. I was like, what are you
0: doing, man? I thought he was coming up with another example of <laughs> attenuation. No, it's the cat walking by. <laughs> we uh,
1: well, Len, Trump why don't you tell starting, us about yeah. how your shoe works? Tell us tell us about how the shoe <laughs> works, and then uh, we'll go from there.
0: Okay, so having gone through – oh, there you go. Having <laughs> gone through um, – Having gone through all the research and I would love to get into a, a lengthier conversation about what we actually discovered, the, the 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 first principles, but we'll we'll do that another time. Having gone through that and then having gone through um, some prototypes, some high volume air, did I show you the high volume air last think, time? I don't think you did. I don't think so. Okay, so I... I, I liked the compression of gas, okay, the properties of gas compression. And I was thinking, well, how about high volume air? But as soon as you do that, now you've got to look at the, at the container stretch, you know, and is there a damping from that? All of, anyway, so bikes work pretty well. Bikes, bikes you know, b- bikes are a highly efficient um, high volume air device. Well, I put an inner tube into a, t- into a shoe. You did show us this. Yeah. Okay. And so and so, you know, and and, and there's the there's the inflator, right? Um, and I ran a couple 10Ks in this, you know, if if I put it right at about 17 pounds, it actually worked really well. You know? Mm-hmm. And so so I went through high volume air, I went through, you know, materials and structures kind of combined, like half racquetballs glued to a shoe. Okay. That, that actually in certain configurations really didn't feel bad. It felt okay. It worked okay. I ran a couple 10Ks in those too. Um, but then we got into the suspension, and what I'm holding up is, is an ellipse. This is my second-gen suspension, and you can hear, you know, it's like a musical instrument almost, and you can't even squeeze it with your fingers, but when you stand on it, it's very smooth, you know, very long travel, okay, like on the heel, we're looking at 14 millimeters of travel. Um, and when you land on this, and our, our Kickstarter our Kickstarter page has a really lovely slow motion video of the shoe articulating through the stride, if you go to the Kickstarter page. And if you go to our main page, handshoes.com, there's a link to the Kickstarter. That's the easiest way to get to it. When the When the heel suspension deflects, okay, and your center of gravity, which is right behind your belly button, starts moving over the center of the shoe. Then the heel extends, okay, and there's a lot of force stored in there, a lot of energy that extends. And as it extends, kind of like a teeter-totter, it preloads the forefoot. The forefoot is deflecting downwards before you even get there. It's the energy from the heel, and you've done the you've done the holy grail of footwear. You've transferred landing energy to the to the toe off. And then as, you're, as, you're, the, as the ball of the foot starts to roll up, the metatarsals, and the hinge activates, it, it kind of cams forward and gives it mechanical advantage to boost you forward, not up, but forward into the next stride. And the crazy thing is, compared to regular running, it feels sort of like running combined with working an elliptical trainer. It's yeah. floaty. It's floaty. It's like, like we the, all it's like the powder skiing
1: equivalent of running. We've all been able to to run in it at this point and it's it it um I want to it doesn't feel like normal running in some ways. It feels like a different experience, very very bounding. You're I right. I mean I we we sent you a lot of feedback written yeah. but um I love it. you know right. one of the one of the things that, that I enjoyed about it was how that heel felt. Uh, um you know landing down onto that back ellipsis for me was very um it is very soft there and and you can go into kind of some of the refinements you're making the models we had were early were are still prototypes so there's things that are being refined you know for us we had some transitions you know the the changes in the hinge position of the hinge all that stuff um that felt uh like they did need some refinement but um but the, the heel landing was was really nice, and the fit of the shoe I love the fit of the shoe. Those are I the two things you, that were that stood out. I had to give you kudos coup
2: kudos on the fit that all three of us nine, ten, and nine and a half were able to fit into the same nine uh, size nine shoe. The upper is is phenomenal. I'm very impressed with that design. It's it's very much toe shaped or to, a foot shaped. You get you did a great job with that. I'd be really curious, Len, if if you did yeah, so. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'd be very curious, by the way. Um, again, one of the things that we all noticed is that heel, how it really does a great job of unloading that rear foot. I'd be very curious for you to do, to contract someone to do research to look at how that changes plantar pressures. That's one of the big things that rockered shoes looked at. Yeah. And the reason a lot of post operative boots are rockered is because research has shown that rocker shoes significantly reduce plantar pressures, which is great if you have ulcers of the foot, sometimes even stress reactions can reduce. I'd be very curious for you to put your finalized version, even some of the prototypes and look at that. And again, like I said in the email, like you might find a whole new population that would really benefit from this footwear type. Like the runners, yes, but also like for sure, Orthopedic wise, because well, it's really good. It's 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 really well done for that population. I think
0: you know we 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 don't. The only study we've done is is the reduced systemic oxygen consumption right. study. But we would we would love to do some sort of a study directed at injury reduction or prevention. You know or recovery right. to 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 show that this actually helps. But we have some anecdotal um, evidence in the form of people who've worn the shoe, including one woman who called me just days before the marathon, we were both going to in the DC uh, Marine Corps Marathon, and she called me up hopping mad, you know, that she had a stress fracture in her lower left fibula. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm literally holding your shoe right now, I just got it out of the box, it was the EMA version. Hmm. And, um, and she said, well, bring it, you know, I'll be at the airport, I'm gonna watch the marathon, watch my husband run the marathon, you know, while I sit on the sidelines, she was not happy. And um, I gave her the shoe at the airport and three days later of sightseeing, she calls me up and says, I'm going to run the marathon, you know? And I'm like, what about the stress fracture? This very painful, you know, stress fracture. And she said, I've been walking all over town and I feel pretty good. So I'm going to give it a try, you know? And, <laughs> and she did and had an okay time, you know, and um, didn't hurt, you know? So, so there really is something going on about the, you know, the normal overshoots of, of, of energy from the heel in and the toe off are being attenuated, you know, but the area under the curb is still the same. It's just that mm-hmm. now it looks more like a bread loaf
3: mm-hmm.
0: instead of the Tetons. That, that's what I'm
3: most interested in. Actually, uh, if you could go into it a little bit, you don't have, um, I mean, obviously the, the only study was the oxygen one, but you alluded earlier to a little bit of Maximizing the amount of potential energy that you can create into kinetic energy and moving it forward and not vertically. And with the shoe and the design of it, like you're right, this is very rigid. With your hand, you're not going to be able to compress this. Sure. But with your body weight times whatever amount you're landing with, you will be able to compress it and you will be able to, to get something out of it. Um, but the transition through that midfoot to the forefoot, that's also what I'm most interested in as well, is why so much forefoot foot flexibility at the hinge if you're loading so much through here and loading so much through here because in my in theory i i think of more like that rocker design where you're you're almost loading a spring and then rolling off and maximizing again that potential energy and trying to snap off with a certain amount of kinetic energy um while still keeping things forward um and not making it too bounty and um it has nothing to do like there was a couple moments when running in the shoe I mean obviously we're not all, all talking our experience or anything right now, but I noticed there were certain moments when I would land and I'm like, oh, this is really nice and then other moments where I feel like I just didn't quite hit it and it's it feels like there's a very specific point at which I have to land and push from in that forfeit specifically and I don't know if it's the forefoot flexibility. I don't I don't know if it's the mechanics, but I think it'd be interesting, it's like from a study perspective to um, look at vertical oscillation and to ev- may even like you're mentioning steady state, like blood lactate threshold, things like that. Um, sorry, I don't mean to go on a rant. But it yeah. was just it's, it's midsole geometry. And we're, we're talking energy, we're talking physiology. Um, I do come from an exercise physiology background. So um, like, I, yeah, I tune into that and yeah, sorry. But no pun
0: intended that he's tuning into it. (laughs) Okay. So, so there's only a couple pairs of these pre-production shoes and I didn't pick it up in the, in the, in the drafting phase. Um, But the, the timing is off on the forefoot. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's a little bit like a, it's a little bit like a car engine, you know, or a motorcycle engine. that it, 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 You don't want to be um, too retarded, you know, in, in the timing. And that's what it is. You want to be a little more advanced. And so this one, for example, or, right. or, you know, or this version are doing a better job and we're going to change that yeah. in the next, in the next, um, um, samples we get back and you know we can right. get you one of those but what i what i want to and you what you might find out matt when you get the next pair that are sitting in the snow in south bend <laughs> um, what you might find out is that the feel will be different the feel will be different because the timing is different and and it's not critical it's not critical you just have to build it right you know once 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 you get it where it needs to be it'll work for anyone who puts that size on You know, and here's, here's, here's actually a funny piece about it. The, okay. So we really worked hard on the anatomic last to get it where we wanted it. um, Because as you're coming off of the four foot suspension. Okay. What we really wanted was for the, the, the big toe to not be the big toe to not be displaced at all. Okay. We wanted you to be able to come off the, the suspension and basically pole vault off of that big toe. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you're feeling when you say that it feels good, but why does it feel good? Well look, if you build a last, you've got, you've got half the problem solved, but where are the metatarsals and where are the calcaneus, okay? Look look at all these little marks. I went to the beach. I went to Indiana Dunes Beach and I walked around with my last and a and a bucket and a towel and I would look at people and say, "Hey, you look like you might wear a size nine. Do you wear a size nine running <laughs> shoe? Yeah, I do. Can I measure your feet? Big kudos. And that's amazing. A lot, a lot, you know, a whole collection of calcaneus first and fifth metatarsal measurements. And that's how we figured out where to put it. So, so that it, part of it's good. This is technically, for the, for the, my
2: research students listening, this is technically random sampling, correct? You're walking around on the beach going, can I, can I measure your
1: foot? I <laughs> also. <laughs> If, yeah. Also if you live in Indiana, India and you go to this shoe is made for you too. Like you are really
0: in the sample. That's amazing. A micro, a micro population. Yeah, exactly. well cool. Although there were a bunch of Illinoisans awesome. there that day, so I don't know. Oh uh,
1: you can just throw, dirty the sample. You know, I'm
0: from Wisconsin, so they oh, their feet feel. don't matter. I know how you feel. When I moved here three years ago. From Illinois. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Well, this is awesome. Heard all, um, I've heard all the acronyms.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they they exist. Yeah.
2: We'll talk
1: about those later. Yeah. Um, but uh this is great. I I had a blast talking about some of the research behind this shoe. Um, Len, is there before we wrap up? Is there anything else that you want to share about kind of? what's going on right now. You know, we're going to release this in the next couple of days. So if there's anything that you want people to go and check out um, or people to think about, um, we know obviously your Kickstarter is still live. Maybe give an update on that. Maybe
0: um, whatever else you want to the share
1: and then the we'll wrap things up. The
0: Kickstarter runs 60 days. Uh, we broke through our goal in the first week. Um, so it goes through March 26th. And normally uh, a full carbon shoe costs a couple hundred bucks. Uh, This is new since we, we talked with you guys last, we're selling it for $99 on the Kickstarter. Mm. And, and the reason is we're, we're, we're using this event as a a one time, you know, opportunity to put this on as many people's feet as possible, you know, and not just you guys, but your moms and your sisters and, you know, your, your father-in-law, we, we, even when you're standing still in this, this isn't just for runners. Even when you're standing still in this, the suspension, you know, try it, try it, you know, put it on somebody's foot and then watch them. Even trying to stand still, it's moving up and down all the time. And the more that the suspension is absorbing and releasing energy, the less you have to. So this is, we're really on a mission to reduce, you know, pain and fatigue for people uh, who walk on their feet all day long, all week long. You know, it, it's, it, I mean, look at this. Look at this. We're, you know, we've got, we've got, oh, hiking nice. boots. you know, that, that work beautifully. Nice with suspension, You know, so, so that's in the future for us.
1: Well, cool. actually I do have one last question that somebody, uh, one of our followers asked, they asked, have you ever had, but like, you brought up hiking shoes. It made me think of it anything ever get caught in the ellipses anyways, you know, that kind of thing. Like if a rock, if a rock kind of like slid yep. in there
0: or something. Yep. The answer is all the time. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a big hole in a shoe. What's it going to do? You know, <laughs> so I've run, I run cross country, you know, runs, trail runs through stream beds. Um, and you know, if anything gets in here, I mean, it's always dusty. You can always get a little dust out of it, but anything that goes in here rolls right back out. You know and because it's flexing it tends to shed you know any mud or debris really quickly and then people say well does the hinge load up you know and actually you can see it's pretty clean and these have been worn by a lot of people in the winter even um yeah yeah cleaner um and so you gotta you gotta remember the hinge is only open as you're leaving the ground and it's only open for a fraction of a second Mm -hmm. you know uh, and then you're landing again and, and so no these these don't really um, these don't really you know hold any dirt. here's the last point I forgot to mention though something one of you said um, you know we're looking at these these ellipses these carbon ellipses if I if I go to pinch my fingers okay in the middle and right where the heel center of the heel is, there's only about 11 millimeters of material between the bottom of your heel and the top of the suspension. We're trying to put every bit of force coming out of you into the suspension to to increase the efficiency. And because what you're riding on is is the carbon and not foam, the life on these things is double, double what you would expect to get out of a running shoe. Exactly. What's What's not to like? Yeah, <laughs> for ninety nine bucks right now.
1: I know too. <laughs> so, well, this is great. Thanks, Len. And it's just been uh, if, if you know we've all been able to wear this. We'll probably put something out on our written page too about our experience, just so that people can read it as well um, for the people who like to consume media that way um but it's a it, it's certainly a unique experience to run in in the shoe to have full suspension if you've transitioned from like a you know a hardtail bike to a full suspension bike like there's a difference in what it feels like and that's it's definitely
0: a difference in the running and, and your pre- and when, when full suspension came to cross country racing okay you know the the times went down the times on, on various courses went down when suspension came to cross country racing but the bikes were heavier so why would the time go down? It's because of all the work the suspension's doing that the rider doesn't have to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're finally putting that into a shoe. Yeah.
1: That's so it's totally something new. This is not, uh, you know, you're not getting another shoe that's looking like something else. Mm-hmm. And so we we really appreciate you sending us stuff to try out and to think think about. Um, it's
0: been really fun well, to think and, and talk. Yeah, and and all these things, all these kinds of studies that you guys are talking about, those are in our future. And I would love to do those.
1: Yeah. You know. That's fantastic.
0: There's 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 more secrets left undiscovered in this thing than I know right now. Right. Right. it'll be fun to see, see things roll out as they do. And um,
1: we really appreciate you giving us time as well to talk about this stuff and being open about kind of what the process has been like in research. So
0: you've been nothing but friendly. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn. Take Take care.
1: Take care.